Hello and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me tonight are Ricky and Milo. Hello, chaps. Good evening, Hi, Steph. Steph. Yeah, there'll be no uh, jolliness uh, in my intro here, I don't think, uh, because it has been a tough week, hasn't it? It's been a really yeah. tough one. Uh, 180 minutes of football, two goals conceded, no goals scored, a departure from one cup competition, and a sense of exasperation, incredulousness, and raw frustration, as well. I think we're all collectively trying to figure out who ran over the black cat at Hotspur Way. Uh, we'll be looking back at our 1-0 defeat to Wolves at Molyneux yesterday, and also our 1-0 defeat to Sheffield United last Wednesday in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Uh, look, both matches, by the way, saw a fantastic away support. I've got to note that. We're as loud and lively and excellent as ever. So uh, fair, fair play to the away support. Always, I think, the best in the country. Um, but look, to everyone listening, full disclosure, this is not a random rage pod. Uh, neither is it going to be a happy clappers fealty day trip. So, you know, you're going to be in for a discussion with us. And hopefully it'll be therapeutic, not just for us, but also for you listening. And with that said, chaps, shall we, uh, shall we head up to the land of Robert Plant? Who was, uh, I'm sure, smiling in the stands. <laughs> the only uh, smile that I would have seen. There's a uh, uh, Molyneux, Wolverhampton Wanderers. I'm waffling. Come on, let's get to it. Uh, team selection. <laughs> How did we play? <laughs> um, should I pick up team selection? Um, on, indeed. So we've got a couple of changes here. Uh, Lengley coming into central defence in, in Dyer's position. I think kind of we're assuming that that was a kind of dress rehearsal for... Uh, Wednesday night when Dyer suspended from our second leg against uh, against Milan. Porro kept his position on a right wing back. Um, so played against Sheffield United, but it's only his second Premier League start. Um, Skip came back into the side alongside Hoybier and Sun came in for Richarlison in the front, in the front three. I was a little surprised about Richarlison being dropped. I thought he'd done pretty well against Chelsea on the left. I'd like to see him kind of give him a, a run in a consistent position so he can find his feet eventually. Yeah. Whereas, you know, he's played two on the left and then started up, led the line against Sheffield United and then he's dropped for this game. I don't really think that helps us at all, which I think has been a problem for all of our new signings pretty much all season. But other than that, you know, I'd, I'd say Emerson's been carrying a knock, so I'm assuming part of the decision to start Porro was to keep Emerson fit for, for Milan. Um, but I wasn't sorry sorry to see Porro get another start. I think, you know, it's probably... You know, on paper, you would have said it was a good a good opportunity for him to get a game, and um, he, you know he needs to settle in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's nice for um also Poro to get a game probably with the two first choices yeah. behind him and in front of him. So we need that because we've obviously complained about that in the other games. So um um, but I think Longley was a bit of a worry for me. I mean, I would have played Dyer personally because I think if we're coming, if games are coming thick and fast, um, you for the games they're enforced to sit out because they're suspended. Then there's no real point leaving them out of a game that they can play in and it will get the, all the week off and the other thing not that we know what their team's going to be but I'd probably fancy a dire Costa matchup than a Longley Costa matchup although Costa's knee exploded I think so that became a bit irrelevant after a while yeah I mean that would have given us the option of playing Longley at left centre back and Davis continuing at left wing back which has been pretty successful um, yeah. and as, yeah, as it turned out Perisic didn't have the best game I mean, I, I looked at the team selection and I thought, you know, this is a team that is good enough to win this football match. I mean, I didn't think about it beyond that, really. Uh, and That's not going to be the last time we say that this, this evening. <laughs> no, and it has been actually pretty much the way most of the games this season, to be fair, but you're right. But but going to Porro for a minute, you know, and, and the point that you made, Jay, which we'll be picking up later, you know, I think it's very important when you're bringing, new, when you're giving new players games, they have to, you know, they have to have the support of the, of the premier professionals around them in order to grow. So, yeah, it was a 
as a perfect place for him. And really, I'm just repeating uh, what you said, uh, Milo, so about Richarlison. So I'm going to edit myself and say uh, that uh, I agree and I'll move on to... Uh, let's get into how we played with this side that we all agree was good enough to win this football match. And let's talk about this first half where, let's let's be honest, um, there was only one team in it. Um, Harry Kane was dragging his marker to the ball ring in Birmingham, it seemed, and all over. I mean, you know, it seemed there was only one team that was going to win this football match. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we played pretty well for the first kind of 60 minutes. Um, the first half, you know, as you said, we were pretty much in control. I think kind of the first decent Wolves ch- chance happened on a you know kind of 50-odd minutes. Um, and, you know, I, I, yeah, I thought we played well. I think there was, um, some slight differences, you know, as you, you've already mentioned about, um, Kane being man-marked by, uh, Lamina and, you know, tracking him everywhere. Um, he was, some, Kane was playing a little deeper than we seen, which meant that Sun was playing in the space between, um, midfield and defense. So he was on the, on the front foot more. So we didn't see Sun dropping deep and being involved in build-up play with his back to goal, you know, and someone, kicking him in the back of the shins, which is, you know, been most of his season. Um, I thought, you know, Son had, you know, two, three decent chances in the first half that normally you'd expect him to put away, or Son of last season would have put away. Um and then, you know, if you if you look through that kind of that that hour, you've got you know, Son had a good chance from the right curling in. Decky had a, a good chance from a similar position, which I think um keeper got a hand to. Um Perisic header at the far post. Son had a shot over Porras free kick. Ah, yes. The, the Perisic header, by the way, which when you're looking at it, you're like, if you just nut that across as opposed to go mm. for goal, that's a tap in for Harry Kane. Yeah. Sorry, I had to get S- that complaint in. Son off, son off the crossbar. Uh, Porras shot uh, tipped onto the, um, tipped over. Um, Kane had a couple of decent chances in the second half. So I, I think, you know, all considered, we had, I think the difference between it is that you know, a lot of those chances were from distance, you know, we, uh, but, you know, Wolves took their half chance. We had more half chances and didn't take them. And I think that's the difference in the game. I think performance wise, I think it's comparable to the West Ham game, which we're all pretty happy with because, you know, we're talking about the scoreline rather than the performance. And I think this is a, you know, it was a, a, a kind of a performance equal to that, at least in the kind of the first 60 minutes. Yeah. Um, I think from what I've heard of Wolves, they've become a lot more possession based now. Mm. And I think um, the game changed basically on Lamina was just obviously like Velcro on Kane in the first half there, wasn't he? You couldn't mm. shift him at all. And it was probably the first time this year where that's probably left Neves to do a lot of whatever midfield work they needed doing. Normally we're outnumbered in midfield. And I thought they gave us plenty of time on the ball, not just in defence, but in midfield as well. Mm-hmm. And that was because one of their centre midfielders was busy busy being stuck to one of our forwards, I think. And fair enough to their Lopetegui, what's his name? Mm -hmm. What's their manager's name? I've got that right? Lopetegui, yeah. And fair play to him because I think the natives there got a bit restless every time they weren't seeming to do anything and get the ball. There was quite a lot of moans from their crowd and that kind of thing. And maybe they're used to other weeks being in possession. And I think... Although it was working, stifling Kane, fair play to their manager who thought the negatives that's bringing is outweighing, you know, the positives of having a midfield that's free to operate like it normally does. Because he, t- he took him off at half time and I d- presume he's not injured. He wasn't injured, was he? No reports of that's come back. So he's, you know, their manager, fair enough. And I mean, that continued through the game. He probably used his subs a lot better than we did and well or ever have probably so um and it just gave them more position and brought them back into the game but we're still in it we weren't like we weren't in it and i thought and as i agree with you milo i think we actually played we played a decent game it's just you know 
they yeah. they scored their one chance, or well, they had more than one chance, but you know, not many more than that. I mean, he's, he was very aggressive with his substitutions, wasn't he? Oh. So, I mean, the the the, the, the enforced one for Costa in the first half, and then two subs at half time. And then, sorry, I have to I have to on. interrupt you. I have to interrupt you because we're glossing over possibly one of the. I mean, no one wants to revel in a player's injury, but let's be honest. If there was a player that you that you would have been like, it's okay for you to hobble off early, and Costa got it from another attempt to to, to kind of shithouse someone. He was trying to nudge like barge skip in the back again, and he jarred his own knee on landing, didn't he? So uh, anyway, I just wanted to note that he did it after a second attempt to shithouse one of our players with a with a, with a barge in the back. And all I was going to say is the Wolves have made all four, five changes by the 65th minute. Um, I mean, that Which was, was was obviously slightly risky. risky well, because got, Max Kilman because Max Kilman, Kilman then Kilman got got, a knock. got yeah got played, a knock through, and, played through a knock yeah yeah, well, yeah. And, and and he looked like he broke his nose in the first half so he really yeah yeah. Um, I mean, actually, while we're talking about Kilman, I was going to bring this up later on, but um, he'd be really near the top of my list yes. for left yes. centre backs in the yeah. summer. Um, yeah, I've, 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 I've been banging his drum for a, for a while now, for at least a year, but I think he ticks a lot, a lot of boxes for us. You know, he's left footed, good technique, yes. he's homegrown, Premier League experienced. He's twenty five at the moment; he'll be twenty six in the summer. Six foot three, he can play in a back two or a back three. He's good at carrying the ball out of defence. He's a decent passer. And I don't know about how much do you know about his background. He's, I mean, his background's fascinating. So um, he's come through the lower leagues. He was a youth player at Fulham, but then uh, was Gilling, Gillingham, Welling United, Maid, uh, Maidenhead United, Marlow before being picked up by Wolves. And while he was playing 11-side football, he was also playing futsal. And he, he's got 25 caps for England at futsal. So yeah, just a really, really interesting so if anyone at the scouting department of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club needs to find Max Kilman's agent, please contact the Game is About Glory for the full... Well, <laughs> That's an outstanding a- uh, bit of scouting there. Uh, his, 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 agent, his, his agent is Wasserman, which is the same agent as Longley's got. Um, so you've, you're the, a better agent. You, you've, so, done more for Max, you've done more for Max Kilman's <laughs> reputation in the last minute than his agent's done in, the, since, in his career. What are you talking I, about? I'm not, I'm not saying that this, this is going to happen, but the, I think the other thing that occurred to me is, say, um, Deserby is using a lot of uh, futsal techniques at um, Brighton. So uh, I see what, where this is going. No, no, no. no <laughs> this is just by the by, but I'd be really interested. I mean, I think... I don't, Dyer's been doing this recently, but I don't know whether he's copying the Brighton players. But the Brighton players put their foot on the top of the ball a lot. And yeah. that's a futsal technique. And there's two things yes, with that. Base, you, you can, you can twist both ways. You can disguise a pass or you can pick out a pass, but they also use it to signal runs. So you'll put your foot on a position on top of the ball to, to indicate to someone to make a that's move or make right. a run. So, so, um, a player who may well be used to that, uh, could be useful for that. I, th- I think he'd be a really, really solid signing. And I agree. Yeah, he was very um, good, wasn't he? He was very impressive. Yeah, yeah, I'd be all over it. Yeah, he's very impressive. Trans- transfer a Deserby Kilman, a Deserby Kilman dream team. You've heard it here first. Then. I, I think, <laughs> I think him and Romero would be quite a nice pairing as well. Um, well, they'd be bloody so unpleasant, but I agree with you. Yeah, they'd be nice to yeah. see play together. <laughs> they'd both and be, qu- uh, I, I think, pretty tough. Yeah. And he qualifies to play for Ukraine as well. He's both his parents are Ukrainian. Oh. Who Kilman? Yeah, taking yeah. Well, so he's homegrown, and he could play. I mean, yeah, well. We've, we, I mean, I think it was a good, uh, it was, it was a good tangent because he did have an exceptionally good game. I mean, there's, there's, there's no doubt he really did, but there's something, there's something that you've both brought up, which I think is well worth, um, throwing into the mix here. And it was a lot, Teggy's, um, 
you know, Loptegi saw at half time, crikey, we're still in this game and we've been actually kind of, we kind of outplayed. I mean, let's be honest, they were outplayed, they were hanging on. And he's obviously taken a look and thought, you know, we might be able to win this. And he's rolled the dice and he's made those substitutions. And as you both said, he made them by the 65th minute. Wow. Five all, all, subs. Five, all, all five by 65th minute. Yeah. But that's hard to do. I mean, that's, that's hard work in the cautious world of the premiership. Um, we did not make a sub. I, I, I'm not up with exactly. It didn't uh, feel like we made a sub until the 75th minute. Our first 77? was 77th minute when uh, Lucas came on. 77, I got it, yeah. 77, yeah. yeah Lucas That's came it, on for Decky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was so, so it felt like 77. I mean, should we be looking at half time in the way that Loptegi was looking and thinking, well, we've done this. We've got to put our foot on the throat here and make this happen. So, so I mean, say at half time, we'll switch to 3 4 3. So they matched us up. Um, and I think yep. that's why they could um, afford to lose Lamina because with an extra defender, I mean, Lamina was ending up in defence quite often anyway because he was tracking Kane. So mm-hmm. Kilman and Dawson were going going wide as he was dropping in. So, um, and I think they brought off Neto as well, didn't they? They brought off Neto for uh, for another uh, another defender. Um, so I, I think, I mean, what they were trying to do is they were trying to make it difficult, more difficult for us to play out from defence, play out from the back by having three forwards on you know, our three defenders. I thought we still did quite well. I think we've got better at playing through a press recently. And I think certainly for the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, I thought we'd kind of continued as, uh, you know, as the first half ended. I, I still thought we were, you know, we were creating chances. I still thought we were pretty good. I put the difference down to fatigue. I think we faded quite a lot in the last half an hour. And that's what I find puzzling about leaving our changes so late. Um, you know, we've got... You know, we rely on a small group of players. They've played a lot of football this season. And, you know, we, we've spoken a, a lot on this pod about kind of our 45 minute games and, you know, why some of that, you know, some of the reasons for that. And I think that in mind, I, I found it a bit puzzling that we left it so late. But I think, I, mean, I think, I think it was fatigue. It's an issue. Yeah, mate. And conversely, I mean, as long as the other, the opposition are bringing on quality players, you know, they're refreshing four or five players, which is almost like half a team. So, yeah. you know, if we think we're fatigued or we're running out of gas a bit, then the other team has just replenished, you know, so many of their runners. I'm going to throw in one of my um, weird metaphors. My word, Milo's just absolutely slammed that drink and he's topping it up right now because he knows what's coming. I, I, what I can't figure out is, <clears throat> okay, let's say you make a cake in the same way every week with the same sugar like you always use certain granulated sugar you go to the cupboard should you not have a a variety of sweeteners that you can bring in in case you run out of sugar like should you not have i don't know maybe some monk fruit sweetener should you not have maybe some stevia maybe a little bit of agave nectar it seems that we if we don't have sugar to add to the mix we're flawed we don't know what to do we're we're so set and we're so easy to read and we're so we don't make substitutions until a certain until it's too late almost am i am i uh does this make sense i mean i think does my metaphor make sense i think firstly conte bans any sweetness or sugar very very (laughs) early on in this regime along with the ketchup and the and the mayonnaise And I think Par- I just, Paratici I might might like a sweetener though. Yeah. <laughs> never, 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 and, folks, never bring up cake metaphors to literalists, and, please. It and, doesn't work. <laughs> and I just want to say that your metaphors have got quite a following on uh, from listeners to this pod, and quite quite often, um, you know, people mention it to me on Twitter, and, and and occasionally we have a go at trying to do a Steph metaphor ourselves, a few of us. So um, I think I think your um, your half baked 
Um, oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> your half baked okay. subs um, one will be will go very down very good. well. I like that. Very good. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it is, but it's but, a serious. But it is a serious question, pod, and it's one half, that everyone's been half baked is our pod title this week. <laughs> I mean, I think I, th- I think like you said earlier, should we? As in, we. I mean, we might make these change, but I just think. There's no chance of Conte ever changing in the sense. Right, of you don't his, think he's his... ever going to put the no, eggs in before the flour. Really, no. I mean, he's never going to change the formula. So we're back to that. I mean, that's no, and, and is that? Do the players do the players feel that? Do you think well, the players feel frustrated I'm, by that? Do you think like, oh well, god? Even if you're coming on though, something. ten minutes is just literally no real time and, to try and make a big impression on a game. I mean, I think they had problems this week. I mean, Conte was probably on the phone because both Longley and Davis were on the pitch, and normally his first sub is one of the. You yeah, one one for the other. So yeah. they, they probably had a little while thinking, what should we do? Oh no, I tell you what, we're chasing a game. We're we're struggling to create chances. Let's put on. <laughs> let's put. On, let's bring on Lucas for our, one of our only two creative exactly. players. <clears throat> and, Sorry, I went a bit high there. Well, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, exactly. What is that about? Why do we have? Uh, why do we have Dan Juma? On the bench, if uh, you know, who's obviously got a few more tricks up his sleeve than the direct I mean, Lucas. Why are we doing this? Does anyone I mean, have any ideas? Seniority, but I say the, the closest Lucas yeah. gets to a, to an assist is winning a corner. Mm. You just you know, and he did I, hit. I, the, oh no, it was against Sheffield. United, yeah, no, he, no he, yeah. I'm getting but, confused. Don't worry. I, Ignore I, me. I, but yeah, but I mean, it's it, we're at that point. Yeah. We've mentioned Lucas, everyone, and we're just sort of stumbling as to what to say next. Because um, uh, Milo, maybe expand a little bit on the seniority theory because we've been going back and forth on it. I know in in our chat and our WhatsApp, but I think it's a, I think it's a really I think it'll I mean, answer a lot of questions for people because I, I mean, think it's legit. I mean, I said I said half jokingly um, a few weeks ago that if you you, you, know, you list position and then list the players in that position by age, then that's pretty much the selection and I think with subs it's not far off that and um you know when we look at you know I, I you know Brian Hill, Saar, Skip only really got chances when there weren't any other options I seriously think that Basuma would be starting above Skip right now if um if he was fit and I just think there's a there's a pecking order by age effectively and and Mora you know is is older so he, so he comes on and it's just it's just weird it's just weird. I think, I think, I think there's a problem with the way we've used you know subs in the squad all season, and I think a lot of our problems come down from that. And you know, I think that's a lot of the problem we saw on Wednesday night as well, in that you've got you know unmatched fit, unmotivated players coming into a side, and I just I think it's just massive mismanagement. Yeah, yeah, I think they've. Um... I think I think Conte and Stellini have both said impressors about the hierarchy thing and the seniority thing. So I think it, it is actually a you know thing which I think can work okay around the group in a kind of respect kind of way. But from a team, but from a team sense, it's not progressive at all because you're too you're too rigid into that hierarchy and not really looking at I don't know, just not looking at things. You're not looking at the individual qualities of the players. It's fear. It's a fear-based fear fear strategy that Trust relies on that that revolves completely around the need of that person to exert what they see as total control. And that's what when I looked at Lot Teggy and the changes he made, he's like, "Well, oh, the bloke's rolling the dice. He hasn't won a home game in seven. He's nil nil. He could shut up shop and try and squeeze the point, but he's like, ah, no, I'm going to go for it. I, I, very, I mean, it's you know. But I think also if you're outside of that group. What motivation is there for you to come on and try? Because if you know you're going to, you know, you're not going to win a place out of it. You're not going to get a chance. What, what's the point? There's or, no meritocracy. Or, 
or yeah. you become more risk averse because you're you're worried about making a mistake and falling further down that pecking order. That and, is a massive, massive point. That's a massive point for me, and that's uh, that that whole fear factor. I a hundred percent dial into that. And, and I do wonder whether you know when we're seeing the the better performances or the better results, you kind of early in, um, you know, con- while Conte was off. I do wonder whether that was one of the reasons why we were playing better because the players weren't playing with the same fear. Um, well, that's a hundred percent. I mean, you think about the Chelsea performance, which was probably uh, one of our better performances this season. It's the one week in the last four or five where there was, you know, little to no talk about will he, mm. won't he, when's he coming back, when's he not, what's he mm. doing. It was a clear, calm week. I mean, this goes back to your theory as well of two, three games a week, which I think is also very salient. But off the pitch, it was pretty straightforward. You know, we had Christian Stellini from Sheffield United. Before Sheffield United already, is he going to be back for that game? Is he going to be back for Wolves? He's not back for either. When's he coming back? Well, it's impossible to think that this continually moving story of Conte's return is another factor, right? My understanding is that he's back at work today, Sunday. We're recording this on Sunday for listeners. Um, But he'd flown back to the country before the Wolves game. So he was... He was back ahead of that, is my understanding. Wow. Although not. I mean, working. it's got to be. It's got to be a factor, right? This, this, this turbulence. This. The, I mean, this. You know, Willy won't he? Is he? Isn't he? Like, you know, it's, how much but, is he doing? How much is he not? It's got to be a factor, I think. I, I mean, the, our whole season's been one distraction after another, hasn't it? Really, when you we, have we gone a month without something crazy yeah. happening? No. Nope. Um, and then if you put on top of that, kind of a, a, a you know first eleven or first fifteen that have been run into the ground, it's kind of where we are. I mean. The, the flip and the- and a collection of players who are supposedly uh, squad players who, as you quite rightly said, have no real motivation because if they have a great game, they're probably not going to make they're not going to be selected in the future because meritocracy, as we've determined, is probably not the way that Conti runs I mean, things. Uh, he runs things in terms of seniority and 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 you know who he personally trusts. I mean, you're right. It's it's a bit of a bit of a, wow. It is a bit of a it's, I mean, a it's a bit of an upside down on the floor cake at this point, isn't I mean, it? The, the only the only real gener- genuine kind of rotation we've seen this season has been Longley and Davis, Perisic and Sessegnon, and I mean not even Royal and Doherty because. Basically, there was one in favour or the other was in favour and then they'd play all the games until the other one came back in. It wasn't really mm. a rotation there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it really, isn't it? I mean, midfield... But, but it's interesting, of, of what you're saying, when you can... When, you know, nobody wants to use injuries as an excuse because every football team is having injury issues right now. I mean, you know, everyone has. Everyone's dealt with one or two mm. players. But when you're talking about issues of trust, when you don't have a Larice. <laughs> you know, when you don't have a Benton core, who, I mean, we'd all admit was probably, uh, you know, a, a, a metronome for our side. He was mm-hmm. such an important player. Um, you know, you probably even throw Cessinon in there because Conti trusts him to a greater extent. So there's three three players he really, he trusts and he doesn't have them. So, you know, normal squads can handle that. but And we have a squad that can handle it. But we're saying that by the Conti metric, he's three players down on his squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, but, you know, in terms of yeah. what he would use. And that exacerbates the situation. Interesting, yeah. I mean, the, the one that puzzles me, you know, with, with Dan Juma coming in and, and Brian going out on loan, if he's not going to play Dan Juma, what was the point in sending Brian out on loan? Um, uh, just and, shocking. And, you know, Brian had been playing well. I mean, you know, that Palace game particularly, he was exceptional. And I think, you know, Brian starting against Sheffield United would have been a very, you know, we would have had something there, who, someone there who could pass and create, which, you know, we sorely lacked. Um, he would have been a useful option off the bench 
against Wolves. If if um, if Decky is carrying a knock and is or you know is, is injured and being played through an injury, which it, it looks like to me, um, then I agree with that. Know, as Brian well. Brian would be useful, and you know Lucas is you know he's good at picking up the ball deep and running running with it you know with his head down but he never looks up to find a player so unless he unless he scores himself there's very little he does other than carry the ball up field the only way you could get lucas to look up i think is if someone at the other end of the pitch closest to the goal he's attacking shouted bolsonaro's here (laughs) bolsonaro's here and he could look up he's waving at you give him a wave maybe look up then you know he's, he's almost like um Kind of in rugby, where you you know with the backs in rugby, where you where you're trying to just kind of just run straight. You know, it's it's about possession of you know territory in the pitch, isn't it? Getting up the line, play breaks down, you research cycle and and move on. He's very good at getting you up the pitch, but just doesn't do enough with it when he's you know doesn't do anything with it when he's there. Yeah, I mean, we're back to that thing where if God's playing a video game and it's PS five PS five or whatever, he's got the joystick and Lucas is his player. But yeah, I just I agree with you. I mean, you know, once again, Brian Hill, you know, playing regularly in the Liga doing good stuff for us it was a confusing it's a confusing thing but it goes back to your uh, seniority theory i mean i suppose dan jim has got a little more quote unquote experience and seniority i i, I you know I, I, again i mean you know he he's pr- primarily a runner but he's a better passer than the mora and yeah i mean i think the only thing you'd say is that he's predominantly kind of left um left-sided you know predominantly plays on the left or up up top and mm. you know mora's been playing on the right um but again, in that case, why didn't we identify a four, you know, forward who can play on the right of the three? If you know, if that's what we were looking for, it's just puzzling. Puzzling is one word for it, Ricky. Anything before we uh, go to one positive, one negative? Uh, well, no, just on that, really. I think it's just. I mean, even with whether it was Saar, even Skip now and Hill, um, it's almost like their chances came about because it was enforced more than anything else. And it's almost as though even if someone else joins, like Dan Juma, I mean, I think I think I said when he joined that I was hoping he wouldn't end up like Vinicius, where he's, mm. you know, oh, Kane needs a rest. We got someone to bring in, and then he never ever hardly got any game time. And I'm not sure if that's going to happen with Dan Juma as well. But you'd expect them to think that Dan Juma's an experience. He's done good things at Villarreal and in the Champions League last year. But no matter where you are in the pecking order with the squad, does your real big chance come when you're just it's in force changes? And mm. because a lot of the a lot most of our sub appearances are the definition of bit part you know what mm. i mean they they come on for five minutes seven minutes at the end there and that kind of thing and i'm not sure what they can do and i'm not sure what conte can tell from that either i think i think the other shame about tanjima is we've got an option on him yeah and exactly, yeah. you know if we're not playing him in the league you know what could we base that on i mean you know he's nice he's nice to have around the training ground i don't you know i don't know you know and if he turned out to be a good fit if he turned out to be useful then you know we've got a lot of business to do this summer. That would be one less to worry about. We could, we could, you know. So yeah, it's puzzling. Should we just have a quick word about Poro uh, before mm. we wrap up and we yes. can touch on him with selection? Sure. Um, yeah. What do we think of his his game? I thought he was all right in this game. I thought um, he he didn't do everything perfect, but I thought he was compared to his other games. And maybe that's because he had Romero behind him and Kula in front of him. But I thought he looked um, he'd done. 
a couple of good crosses or passes that definitely showed he's got that 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 quality. Um, and I think he actually felt a bit more he felt a bit more integrated this week. I think a bit more with his body language and applauding and just seeming like he's getting his, he's he's obviously fully focused. I mean, he's one of those players that looks like he's zoned in completely. I think he's just going to have to get up. He'll just get up to speed more and find out what the requirements of this league is. Yeah, I I, I saw a potential for an excellent player next season. And I think that uh, I don't think we're going to see that player this season. But I don't think we can. I don't think we can give up on him. I think we have to. We have to keep not give up. But I don't think we can bit part. Second Premier League start. I know. Second Premier League start. That was yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I left the oven and um, burnt the cookies there a bit too long. Um, But uh, yeah, I I think that he. I think we need to keep playing him. Was my point. Um, And this is from an Emerson. This is from an an, an, this is from an Emerson Rail fan. I think we do need to at least rotate him every other game because. Otherwise, it's it's gonna the, the baking factor will be a long time, and it's not, and it may not happen. So I think he needs to be given the confidence. Now he looks like a confidence player, and he looks like he needs to feel the love. He looks like one of those players who really wants to be a part yeah. of it, as you said, Ricky. And we've got to keep him involved, and we've got to keep trusting him. But yeah, there are signs of a great, a, a, a really good player there. Great, I, I don't know. Really good. I I thought. I think he's got better with every game he's played for us so far. It's only his third game. I thought going forwards, I thought he was pretty strong. Um, He's not putting in the volume of crosses or um, kind of deep passes that he was doing at at, at Sporting. Um, And I think that's probably him trying to kind of feel his way into the team. Oh, I absolutely noticed that. I absolutely noticed him checking back for the safe ball sometimes. But also, I think, yeah, I I think, you know, Conte doesn't like kind of wasting possession. So um, that's, that's, you know, kind of high risk uh, balls from deep is something that Conte probably won't want to see too much of. He made a couple of mistakes defensively, but, um, you know, he's... the defensive side of his game isn't the strongest element. You know, he's far better going for, you know, in, in the opposition half than his own. Um, but, you know, as we were saying before we came on the pod, if you've got three central defenders and two defensively minded midfielders, you ought to be able to come up with a system to, to be able to cover that. And, um, you know, if, if those, if he's losing the ball around the halfway line and it's leading to a goal, then I'd say that was a systematic issue with the team rather than I, just on him. I agree. And, no, not, I agree. and, you know, the, the, the plus side of him going forwards, is better than you know better than what Royal offers. So I think you know if we, if we can persevere with him getting ready for you know used to the league, then we, I think we've got a decent player there. You see, what worries me, uh, and this is all quite possibly academic given the managerial situation and the way it seems to be heading, but what would concern me is, and we've both agreed, or we've all agreed, I should say, three of us, that you know he was definitely feeling his way in, and that there's probably a lot more verve that he could show, but he chooses to be smart. And not to piss off the manager by, you know, rogue raiding every time he gets the ball. Uh, But if Conti is always going to favour someone who is, um, you know, possessive of the ball and does not want to try and push that agenda, does that not limit some of the skills that he uh, that he brings? I mean, that's isn't that why you sign someone like Pedro Porro? So as he can attack, so as he can take people on, so as he can take that gamble, so as he can test that system. Uh, again, maybe it's academic and maybe there'll be a different manager who will allow a little more of that. But don't we have to allow him a little more of that if we want to see him? I, it might be him rather than the manager. I think um, mm. I think the high-risk balls contest is not going to like, but you know, Porro can he'll he'll like Poro taking on and beating players, which he's very good at. Um, and yeah, I think you're kind of beginning to see him. You know, he put in a lovely ball to Kane, where Kane had a shot from just outside the area, which again, you know, it's it's for most strikers, you'd say it was a 
you know, wasn't a particularly um, great opportunity. But for Kane, he's so good. You'd normally think that if he gets a ball in space anywhere around the box, it's it's going to be on target. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I think. I think there's plenty to work with there. And, you know, if you look at so Perisic, Perisic put in a lot more, um, lot more crosses. I think, sorry, I, I was looking at the stats earlier on. I haven't made a note of them, so I can't remember them exactly. But from memory, uh, Perisic's uh, cross success, success rate was in the mid 60% and Poros was in the mid 80s. So, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think, um, I mean, the other thing you have to consider is that obviously he has got someone in his in that position as well that's really run into form so you know whether that plays into whether he's selected or not selected and whether that gives him a stuttering start and yeah. he, he can get no kind of flow going I'm not sure I mean the other thing without knowing his kind his kind of fitness stats but he definitely looks like he can do the yards he he's mm. one of those, he's got one of those looks about him where I think energy levels wise and fitness wise it'll be perfectly what Conte wants I think he could probably march up and down that I, line all day long I think I, looking I, at him yeah I mean I think any team we play who are going to be kind of a low block He's a no-brainer because you, know, you can put in those balls all day long. And it also it will allow Decky to come in field because Poro's quite happy out wide. And it means you can get Decky trying to thread balls through or you know, or, or, or run at the defence. Whereas if we've got Royale playing, then Decky's going to be staying wide and Royale's going to be coming inside. And Royale isn't you know isn't the best passer and, and you know, isn't, isn't as creative. Um, so you know, I think it's a nice blend there. You know, you'd be picking Royale. You'd be picking yeah, Royale against options. Liverpool and Man United, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, possibly Brighton. But we've got a lot of um, lower half teams to play in the running. Yep. And you know, depending on how far we go in the Champions League, you know, maybe that's where the split is. Uh, just a completely ambient thought before we go to one positive, one negative. Have either of you uh, ever watched a series Jackass? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, so the next time, have I about before. Pedro Porro yeah. looking like Steve-O? Yeah. Have I? Yeah. Oh, I just I want to say it again because sometimes, especially when he was imploring the crowd, I just, <laughs> he just looked like Steve-O. Should we just go to one positive, one mm. negative? <laughs> yeah, one, yep. one positive, one negative. <laughs> Three, two, one, Milo. Um, so positive, I think, I think the performance was better than we all felt after the you know immediately after the game i think we kind of reacted to the result and particularly kind of both results we've had this week back to back and actually i don't think kind of the doom and gloom is quite so kind of miss you know um um i don't, don't think it was deserved as much and i think also you know possibly soon we're going to be down to one game a week and i i i i think we'll finish in the top four i think we've got you know we've got a soft run in and i think what you know those, those fitness issues that i've talked about the conditioning issues i've talked I've, I've bored everyone silly with over the last few weeks when we're when we're, they go away when we're uh down to one game a week and i think you know we could see a similar run to we saw at the end of last season which you know all things considered if conte's here to the summer that wouldn't be a bad way to to, to say goodbye to him and the negative it was a real lost opportunity um yeah, with with Newcastle losing to City, we had a real chance there to try and um, cement uh, top, you know, top four and really put ourselves there. And you know, with that happening, you know, we'd be we'd be a few a couple of points behind United, wouldn't we? The way the rest of the rest of the results have gone this weekend, if we won, so you know, we could have been looking at third and not having to worry about looking over our shoulder for Liverpool because you know we'd be we'd be pushing for that. So yeah, I think it was a real lost opportunity and we've lost momentum this week. That's that's the shame because we had a nice little run of results with you know with City and uh you know Chelsea and and, and West Ham 
and yeah, we've lost that momentum. It's crazy, isn't it? Really, you think yeah, we've beaten Chelsea and Man City, and then we lose to Leicester and Wolves, and yeah, it's just yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much my my negative is pretty much that. I just can't fathom. I mean, we all like to be week to week. We like to be analytical and try and solve our club's problems and what's going on on and off the pitch. And you know, we try and be fair handed and um, pragmatic with the way we think. And I think it's just hard to do that when, as you say, Milo, you know, we we win two London derbies or we beat Man City, lose hammered by Leicester, then we win two London derbies and then we lose this week. And it kind of. It just, I don't know. I mean, after the game Saturday, it's probably lucky 24 hours has gone past because um, I just felt a bit numb. I just feel a bit numb about it now. I'm not quite sure. It's almost like I'm the directionless one. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you can say the team's directionless, but maybe it is. But I feel that it's quite hard to analyse. I think we all like kind of a bit of order and certainty in our lives. And our team's just isn't that at all. And I think, um, and I don't know, we just stumble from one week to the next and we, and we, we kind of walk a very tight line and you're never quite sure in a game whether it's going to fall our way or not fall our way. And I don't really see many patterns building up with the team. You know, we're kind of, um, we're just kind of, um, I don't know, as a team, but, is, is there but, any is there any positive? Oh no, there's a point. I'm coming to the positives. Don't worry. Oh okay. Because <laughs> the positive kind of sort of slightly mm. then doesn't contradict that, but it puts a bit more um, meat on the bones of what um, Milo was saying. There is that regardless of the situation we find ourselves in, we still find ourselves in fourth place with 45 points, which is quite um, quite remarkable considering how I might feel about our season as a whole. And that 45 points gives us a chance of full steel. I think. I mean, we. I mean. We've got 12 games left, so if we go two points a game, that leaves us on 69 points. It might be enough for fourth, I'm not sure, but we've got to go at two points a game, so I don't know if it will be. Because we've only got 12 left, and a few of the others have got a few more games than us. Well, one game land, two game land, three game in hand, if it's Brighton, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, so we've ended up with a chance, but I don't have as much faith as... Um, I don't have as much faith as Milo. I mean, one of that reasons is is because one of the teams behind us is Liverpool, who kind of know what they're doing in these situations, more so than, you know, as Arsenal, head-to-head well, Arsenal last year. A positive on that is that we have to play them. The negative is is Anfield, where we never seem to get what's quite our, our just rewards. Although we got, you know, ironically, this season is running very similarly to last. A defeat against Wolves, and we could have put space between us and our nearest rivals for fourth blown. We lost to Wolves at home around this time last season, maybe a couple of weeks earlier. And uh, we ended up having to go to Anfield and get something, and we did. So yeah. you, you would say that, you know, history could be repeating itself. But I will say that for me, the biggest uh, the biggest positive is... Um, what is the biggest positive? I, you know, I actually don't know if I have many positives this week other than, we, you know, we... we yeah, I, I can't actually... I'm on the spot. I can't think of many positives. Yes, we're in fourth. We're going for it. That's fine. I think the problem is my negative this week. He's actually kind of obliterating everything. And it is, there feels, there doesn't seem to be any passion or energy at the club. It's everyone, it seems very flat. That's Conte and, 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 Yeah, it seems flat and listless. And, uh, I, I, you know, there's a sense even of resignation amongst people rather than indignation and the indignation is being fired off at the usual targets and so on but you know regardless of that i'm just not I, where is where is the it, excitement i i couldn't it, even i didn't even shout fuck off when we let the goal in i just sort of rolled my eyes and i was like you knew that was coming i mean that's that's no good it, you know it comes back to the point ricky was making before we came on air about there's very few chances that get you out of your seat or very few yeah 
events. And, and I think the fans are flat. The fans are bored of the football. And if you look at the players we've got, apart from in central midfield, there's plenty of players there who are attacking players who, you know, under different instruction could be, no, um, yeah, could, could, could really be exciting to watch. That's and, the, that is the key, isn't it? Yes. You know, yes, and, no, no, no. You know, I think, you know, it's just, it, if you're winning, it's fine, isn't it? You can put up with it. And, yeah. you know, certainly the kind of counter-attacking style when it's successful can be quite exciting. But when you're kind of grinding out games, it's not. Well, you hate to say it and and you hate to talk about these things so react in such a reactionary fashion. But, you know, we talk about Liverpool. We've just seen a team who has been, you know, up and down, up and down in the, in the dragged through it like you know absolutely battered and beaten to post by, by everyone the, the press never and you know when they do decide to come back and win a game I mean talk about the game is about glory winning in style I mean battering battering your nearest rivals 7-0 my first reaction I looked at that is for all the dominance we've had over Arsenal why have we not been until this season why have we not been able to do that yeah I mean here's a segue for you so it's a going into a cup game where, you know, yeah. people talk about using, you know, winning a cup as a springboard. Well, Man United's springboard was last weekend when they won the League Cup and then this is the result of it. And, um, yeah, how, yeah, yeah, kind of how, how think, how quickly things can change in a week. You know, last week we were kind of cock a hoop yeah. after beating City and, sorry, City beating City, yeah, beating Chelsea. Yeah. And, you know, Man United had won the cup and everyone was going on about what a brilliant <laughs> job that, uh, Ten Hag had done. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, Casemiro I mean, I think, was the greatest midfielder. Yeah, in the that's country. right. And then, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the, the real, the real problem is, is that um, I'm going to st- steal a friend's joke from Twitter here. Um, but I think Liverpool have really done us a disservice by not scoring three, uh, three more goals. So we could have got uh, yeah, Eric ten nil would have been yeah. uh, kind of oh. <laughs> the the banter for all time. Yeah, yeah, it would have been good. It would have been good. But uh, yes, we are segueing. Uh, we're segueing back in time. But as we said at the beginning of this pod, it seems that these two games are inextricably linked, well, by the fact they were so close to each other and maybe similar in nature in a sense. Uh, you know, this 1-0 defeat at Sheffield United, it's another game where, you know, we've put out a side, heavily rotated, um, you know. Uh, well, let's. I mean, let's start with that rotation again, if, you wanna, if we want to go there. You know, how much of the rotation uh, was a factor in the performance and the result, do you think? I mean, it felt like it was a side that was good enough to win that game. I mean, I don't think any of us doubted that. I told you you'd say that again. (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was was good enough to win that game. And I think, actually, the first half, I I think it was very similar to the kind of, you know, I talked about the West Ham game earlier on, haven't I? So kind of that containing job that we did against them, it felt very similar to, to that to me. I think the only difference is, is that we were so flat up front. And yeah, I, I thought at half time, I thought we'd done okay. It wasn't particularly exciting. No, it wasn't, it was worse than that. It was pretty boring, but, um, <laughs> but I, I was kind of expecting us to kind of push on in the second half and, and do something more in terms of the selection. Um, I think it all kind of made sense. I, I was I'm a bit I mean, Sanchez playing on the right of defence is a bit odd because he's preferred him centrally recently, and it's been Jaffa who's playing on the right. So again, you know, our players onto hiding to nothing where they're switching you know positions, and um, you know, obviously we had um, kind of Richarlison up top, and again, you know, talked about him me wanting to get to run a games in a position, but you've got you know him leading the line. Um, you know, after after playing on the left for a couple of games, Sun coming back in, uh, Lucas preferred over Dan Juma. 
Um, giving you know, Poro you, the true Tottenham Hotspur experience of Sanchez yeah. behind him and Lucas in front of him. Yeah, the, the, Poor the right, hand, right hand side of death, <laughs> not quite that, was it? But you know, I, I think you know you could Dan Juma looked quite good when he when when he came on up up top against Preston. You know, maybe you know why not start him there, play Son on the right and uh, and R- Richie on the left, and let Richie you know carry on where he's been doing quite well and see if we can see if that works. I don't know. It just um, it was puzzling to me. And you know, back to that kind of players, kind of that seniority thing. These players coming to this side, like the ones who haven't started, is there anything that Sanchez could do in this game that means that he's going to start regularly? He's not going to displace Dyer or Romero. There's no chance of that. So what's he got? You know, what's he what's he playing for? Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought I think people were really like going a little bit over the top about the selection. I was quite okay with the selection, and mm-hmm. I think. Um, People were saying, oh, these multiple changes and then these players that never play together. But I think a lot of the team are regular first choices. I mean, if Davis and Dyer plays and Perisic and Son and Richarlison, they're all the ones we want to play mm-hmm. and Hoiberg play. And I think Sar and Skip's understandable. I think they're quite interchangeable. I think everyone's pretty much happy which one of them plays. But it was just that right side that obviously changed a lot. With well, Ron Sanchez, Porro and... I think that would be the big the big issue, though, if there was a big issue to be had, would be that you, you, if you're going to make changes, you probably don't want to make wholesale changes on one entire side of the pitch because it does open it up. I mean, there again, if you can't do that against Sheffield United, who themselves, exactly. by I the mean, way, were resting six players this is what I mean. for their I promotion mean, push, I mean, you know, then when can you? I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're thinking of who might be coming in and then, I mean, we're not, we're not sure what Sheffield United are going to select, but we probably think they're going to make changes as well. And like you say, Steph, you still think we're going to select people that are good enough for um, to win the game. I mean, the other thing that's slight worry is, is although I'm very happy for Richarlison to play and for Sun to play and, and I mean, as in what level of, in the hierarchy they are and Perisic, probably three players there that aren't really ticking along very well at the moment mm-hmm. as well. So wow. it's not, it's, you know, if, if you're losing if, Kulu, Kane and, you know, then it's a bit more and, tricky from that point of view. But um, and, and there are no passes there. You know, they're all head down yeah. runners. And without Kane and Decky, we've got no one really who can who can find a pass, find a player. I think the other the other two that I would query with the selection is Hoybier starting. He's playing a lot at the moment. Um, he's got an, a young, inexperienced player next to him, and um, you know Hoybier's dips in form this season, or when he, mistakes have crept into his game, is when he's been playing a lot of a lot of minutes. And I think you know. He's going to start every. He's going to start all of our Champions League games. He, he's available for. He's going to start all of our Premier League games that he's available for. So he could be playing every every minute till the end of the season. And I think this. I just want to note your optimism there. You pluralized Champions League games. <laughs> I want to note well, that optimism. I, I, I've had it. I'm trying to have it both ways on this uh, on this pod, <laughs> Steph, because I've also talked to us about us having one game a week uh, yeah, soon, yeah, yeah. and that might things. But I think yeah, yeah. yeah Hoybier. Um, there's a risk with him, and also Davis. I think we're asking a lot of Davis at the moment, where uh, he's yeah. he's played all of the games, and then we're switching in between positions as well. And I think both physically and mentally, that's that's asking a lot of him. Well, and I think that w- sorry, yeah, I, I think if we're looking at rotating, and obviously we don't have the data from training, we don't know where these players are, you know, on that. But those are those are two that I would have probably wanted to to give the night off. I mean, I think this is, we, we should talk about Perisic for a minute because he featured in obviously uh, both games. And I, I think that, you know, one of the biggest issues that we have with him, I mean, his form is speaking for itself. He's mm. not the player that, you know, we, we're expecting um, uh, at this stage of the season or at all. But we do have to remember, this is a man in his 30s 
who is being used an incredible amount. I mean, he is being used an awful lot. And without Sessegnon there, I mean, Davies, as you say, is the option. But then, as you quite rightly say, again, we're going to be overplaying Davies at this point. You've got two guys there who are getting up in years. And in Perisic's case, I think his age at this... I mean, I think those extra couple of years, you know, you, you, you should not be playing week in, week out. I think it's been a major contributing I, to his lack of uh, I mean his crosses are a little off everything is off I, I, mean, I think he's I th- knackered I think if we're honest he's struggled all season I think the physicality of the league you know maybe coming in at his age in, in, in a position where you've got to cover so much ground you know in hindsight was uh, maybe a bit of an ask and you know he's 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 delivered with set pieces but, but, but it goes back to what you said if he was brought in as a tutor which I don't know mm-hmm. if you said that, but if he was brought in as a tutor for Sessignon, which I think if was it's a good, if it's generally... a good point, I'm I'm quite happy to take credit for it. <laughs> I'll, well, in that case, we'll all share a little bit and we'll be democratic. <laughs> um, but I think seriously, I mean, it was discussed on the pod that he mm. was, you know, coming yep. in as maybe to bring Sessignon up to speed. And I mean, obviously, that's not in his hands anymore because Sessignon's hurt. But even to that point, uh, you know, we weren't using him that way. We seemed to be. Like, as you say, the seniority thing, which has been, I think, your big point of this pod and one that I, I really agree with. It seems it's a big issue because, you know, that's getting him the nods, right? And I mean, as you say, I don't think he's got the physique for it anymore. I mean, realistically, in the summer, if we got a, an offer for him from, I don't know, Croatian side or, you know, French side, he, he, he's, um, he came through as a senior player in France or, you know, MLS or somewhere like that this summer, and someone offered us, I don't know, half a million for him or, you know, 200, 250,000, you'd probably take it, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, would you, absolutely. I mean, would you have bet on us being in March and Ivan Perisic not having scored a goal yet? No. For Tottenham Hotspur Football I'm not Club. sure. I'm it's, not 100%. It obviously depends where our manager is because I'd be quite happy to keep him around if a different manager come in and we play him in a slightly different way where he isn't getting scared by decent Premier League wingers every week. Um, um, and of course, he can play multiple positions so someone else yeah. might feel more use of him. I mean, it's a, for, for the sake of him hanging around another year, it might not be too bad, but yeah. I, I agree, yeah. I think he's been, you know, he's been flogged quite a lot this year and I'm not sure yeah. if he speaks up himself to say that, you know, maybe I need... Cause he's another classic one that could have, even if he does play, he could have 20, 30 minutes off in a game if people subbed mm. him. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's get to the meat of... of, of what has been swirling around the Tottenham Hotspur uh, chatosphere, if you will, this week. Um, do we, as a club, prioritise top four finishes over the domestic cups? Um, and does that explain our poor record in this competition under successive managers? Um, who wants to take that one on first? I'm happy to. I was just <laughs> give it, giving you space on this. I mean, I, can, I think I can help answer, answer that for you. Qualifying for the Champions League gets you 13.8 million initial. Winning a group game in the Champions League, so that you're in the two and a half million. Winning the FA Cup in total is worth 3.9 million. Winning the fifth round is worth 225k. Um, so if we beat Milan this week, that's worth 9.4 million. So you've got 225k up against 9.4 million. And our, pl- our players and our managers, we know that the club does incentivize contracts. I I would think that winning the FA Cup, they probably get the chance to buy their cup final suit at a discounted rate. If they if the, if they qualify for the Champions League, they get a nice tidy sum. They can buy the shop that the suit is uh, is uh, fitted up in. So so yeah, I think it's it, 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 it's it's not it's not pleasant to hear that, but it but those are facts. 
and and I'm I'm not always a fan of facts out of context because I think that they can be you know manipulated. Over, but those facts I think are, are all that anyone needs when discussing this issue. And that's where we're at. I mean, the the champions. That's, that's the fact. Doesn't have to like it or not, right? That's it. Co- the combination of the Champions League and the Premier League and the money in both of them has destroyed our domestic cups. And, you know, you've got Sheffield United making, I think it was eight changes actually, Steph, rather than six for this game because they're second in the championship. And getting into the Premier League is worth more to them, a lot more to them than a run in the FA Cup. And, you know, similarly for so another us... Another excellent point to bring up is that they rested more players... <laughs> So, so yeah. if you're if you're at risk of relegation from the Premier League, staying in the Premier League is more important than the FA Cup. If you're in a chance of getting promoted to the Premier League, being in the Premier League is more important than winning the FA Cup. If you're in a chance of winning the Champions League, or sorry, qualifying for the Champions League, getting into the Champions League is more important than winning the FA Cup. And as fans, obviously, we hate that. And you know, any of us, you know, all of us are old enough to remember that Cup Final Day was the biggest day of the football calendar. The, you know, the country stopped for it. It doesn't yeah. anymore. Um, hmm. oh, so I'll bring the old Mr. Binary into the conversation, shall I? Don't worry. Our old friend, Mr. Binary. Yeah. Well, is it if we go for the cups, do we then automatically sacrifice finishing in the top four? Because vice versa, we're thinking that's what's happening here, isn't it? By going for the Champions League, we're bodging our efforts in the cups and we're never going to win them. Um, so is, is, is that truth, do you think? Or, and also, does it then factor into are we losing some of these cup games because there's a trickle down mentality mm-hmm. from the top? Um, I think I still think that's a bit of a stretch. We're not like a, we're not a Sunday Park League team where you know you're just sitting there in the old in the old freezing cold changing rooms. We're like we got we got professional people all the way down the down the kind of hierarchy of the club. So you'd think people with professional integrity, whether that's the manager, whether that's the players, would still go out in those games and think, I need to play for this club. I don't think they'll run around on that pitch thinking, oh, I'll put a bit of effort in, but it don't really matter tonight if we lose. I don't think they're not necessarily doing but, that. But you but you raise, a, 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 I mean, I'm going to cut my own point off here to get yeah. to yours. I, you raise an interesting point there because it links in again with something we've been talking about in terms of seniority. Mm. So even if you get in the cup side, you, you, you in the back, of your mind you're thinking well if we get to semi-final matey's gonna pick you know i'm dropped yeah. he's gonna pick his best 11 so there's the incentive does drop there i think uh yeah. to, I to, mean, to a greater extent i, I mean i i and, think you know if we're guilty of anything we're guilty of maybe thinking we're a bit bigger than we are and i think we do the same well, as what most of the big clubs do in that you select um uh you know kind of a lesser team for the fa cup until you get to quarterfinal semi-finals and the quality of our lesser sides, you know, doesn't compare to you know, what Chelsea could put out, what Man City oh. could put out, you know, and so on and so on. And basically, cup games are won on fine margins, and you know, we've been on the wrong side of it too often. Yeah, and this, and this again, it loops around to to the sort of points that we've been making for the whole pod. You know, we're we're back to a situation where we as supporters feel that we have a squad that's big enough to compete on three fronts possibly four. Um, but the truth is, for the way the manager uses the squad he's got, uh, we, we really aren't. And, because and he so, doesn't use uh, it. He doesn't use it enough. And so now we're left in a place where the board and the club, and, the, and look, I, I'm not, I'm not going to make comments, too much comments about the board. There's all sorts you can say about it. Uh, but the facts, you know, was it Mr. Binary or Dr. Binary, Mr. suggests Binary. that we are prioritising yeah, no failing at a higher level in the Champions League over failing in the FA mm. Cup because and, there's more money involved. Which failure pays us more? That's what it feels like. I mean, it's horrible to put it like that. but and I, Sorry, just picking up 
hmm. uh, Ricky's point around kind of uh, that, that, that prioritization. I, I do think that, um, I, yeah, I don't think it's a binary choice between the two. I'm sorry, Mr. Binary. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, we could put out a first choice. You know, if we put out a first choice side against Sheffield United, that, you know, you, you'd be, you'd expect us to win. Uh, although, you know, for our first choice sides have lost plenty of games this season where, you know, or recently when you, you know, Mm-hmm. You'd expect them to win. We could win. But then, you know, we lose in the final to Man City or, you know, what have you. And actually, and, you know, in doing that and flogging our first choice team in order to get there, yeah. we end up finishing seventh. And, mm-hmm. you know, from a club's point of view, you know, we still haven't, we, st- we still haven't got the trophy monkey off our back. And, you know, yeah. and, you know, we no, haven't I- got, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think the problem we have is because you're saying about um, how this manager selects the teams. I think the, the thing that's quite stark is it kind of transcends managers, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. when we put in our chat the other day who we've lost to in recent years, you don't think, oh, is there something else to it? Like, and going back to the mentality thing. But I think I agree with, I mean, the problem you have with football is you, you just get a bill into the old luck matrix in cup football games, mm-hmm. you, as you say, Milo. And we're probably, you're probably going to have to run through Liverpool or Manu or Man City at some point to win a cup. But, um, and, and in some of the other, I mean, if you bring the League Cup into it, we have got to semis and we have got to finals. And even this year, you could say, oh, we put out a, a, a weakened side and lost to Sheffield United. But, but at the same time, when we lost those other games in other years, I think a lot of them were fifth round games. So yeah. we didn't lose at Portsmouth. We didn't lose at Preston. We didn't lose it. So we have, we are getting through games, but we're, I mean, we're just the, not getting through enough of them, maybe. I don't I mean, know. Funny, I mean, it look, our record in the FA Cup does look quite bad in the last five years who we've lost to. Well, I mean, that's, that's the funny thing, isn't it? So 16-17, we got semi-final, lost to Chelsea. 17-18, we got semi-final, lost to Man United. That was under Pochettino. After that, we sacked him and replaced him with proven winners. And we've done. We've gone out in fourth round, fifth round, fifth round, fifth round, fifth round. Right. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, and again, I'm not going to bring the conversation there because I know that this is it's going to happen at some point, <laughs> probably in the summer. You know, you have to start looking at the consistent elements that exist in the matrix of on-pitch failure. The, and it is on-pitch failure that we're talking about here. As a football club, I don't think any football club has grown their business better than we have. <laughs> I mean, I think our business, as a business, we're stunning. Mm-hmm. We are stunning. We've got the best we've got the best stadium arguably in the world. I mean, I got asked about it by someone here the other day. Oh, well, is that the you guys have got that great new stadium? It's like, yes, it's the best stadium in the world. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. I mean, you know, we're known everywhere. I mean, we're going to say something in the week that was with with another incredible commercial hookup, uh, which which seems to be you know business is expanding uh, so well, but it does feel that the football side pays somewhere somehow. Maybe it's details, and we're not going to answer that question now. But you do have to start looking. What's the consistent element in all those stats that you just read out? That list, those lists. I mean, you know, it's it's not. We're not going to answer it now. I mean, we? going but, back to what Milo said. I mean, the other problem you've got is, is as he says, the financial rewards of being the Champions League are great. Um, and of course, if we went for a run in the cup but lost out in Champions League because of that, um, people might think, well, at least we went for the cup. But then a couple of months later, they'll then be moaning because the transfer funds just aren't there. Right. So then, you know, so it's, it's, you are a bit caught. And then, but then what you do hope is, but then what you do hope is that somewhere in that pocket of time, the transfer funds have helped you to recruit 
to the state where you can actually compete on three fronts. Mm. And maybe we're in the middle of that cycle. Maybe that's where we're going. But, I don't know. But, but it, uh, history is telling us that that's not necessarily the priority. But I think we, do, I think even when we put a reasonably good side out, we do sort of kind of fall over that hurdle because some other teams, yeah. and this is what I'm thinking, is it, is it a mentality thing? I just can't. And, and of course, we do perpetuate that theory ourselves a bit, don't we? So, um, yeah. but I remember the, um, I mean, the lot down the road when Wenger was there used to get to deep in the League Cup, FA Cup with literally the kids, didn't they? Mm-hmm. When they used to, you know, they, they'd played mm-hmm. none of their first team. And they mm-hmm. would, you know, so I just can't work out why we yeah. come short so often. I do think we're kind of taking us back to this game when you look at the rotation we've got. You know, the players coming in, you know, aren't, you know, they're, they're very much reserves. We we have got this kind of first team, second team situation again, a bit like we had, you know, when we were in the Europa Conference and um, we had those kind of stinking performances there. And, um, I, you know, they're, they're not, you know, my preference for rotation is to do it, you know, pretty much every game where you're dropping, you're bringing out one or two players and just moving them around and, and giving players time off and rotating right. through the season and you've got you know a group of players that you're using and it's more cohesive mm. and we haven't got that we're we're hammering the same players until someone gets injured or suspended then someone gets a chance and then mm-hmm. they either yeah, take I mean, that or they're back out again and, and um, yeah we're getting to the other consistent element of the last even couple of seasons which is the the management just um i've got a counterpoint to um what um milo says there though but you going back to what we were saying earlier about the way our training methods are with the Mm. kind of autumn automations and our preciseness and drilling people over and over you think that would play into um i mean all those players who aren't even in the team are at those you know they're i I agree with i agree with you but just to qualify what i I think it's it it, it is a point that uh, and and you make a good counterpoint but as a human being you are subconsciously going to be less predisposed to fully on board if you know that the inevitable conclusion of your working week is possibly five minutes. And that even if you have a brilliant five minutes and score two goals, there's every chance that you will not then get a chance to make it 45 whatever because of the way it operates so there is a yeah. systemic psychology involved in yeah, this no, situation yeah. which yeah. i think we're, we're paying the price for in a sense and that's yeah. where you get that risk of risk aversion and you know worry yeah. about making a mistake and you play within yeah. yourself yeah. and i think there, that I think starts there was, at the manager and i think there was more than a yeah more than a shade of that on on wednesday night with the players playing within themselves and not really um yes. as that game went on people were afraid of making a mistake rather than going on and taking and, it yeah that and just a completely blunt front line, just runners yeah. and no no creation there. And um, yeah, yeah, we've, I, seen, I it, we've I, seen it so many times. I mean, I, I, you're gone. No, 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 gone. No, because I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up. So slide in before slide well, no, in I wasn't before really wrap say it. it. I was just saying. I mean, and I think that then reflects on kind of Sheffield United how they can up their game and they can mm. change what they're doing and the energy they put into it. Yeah, but they um, lost at the weekend. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't they did, so didn't well they? Yeah. Than did it. So. <laughs> I mean, they I mean, are. I mean, they are probably a Premier League team in waiting. So yeah. they're not. You know, they're not massively down. It's no different than playing someone down the bottom of the Premier League, really. And uh, you know, we didn't lose to Grimsby, did we? So it wasn't. Um, it, there it we wasn't, go. There's a there's a positive. There's we a positive. Didn't didn't lose to Grimsby. Grimsby. I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I, I, I was thinking the other way around. Thank God we didn't lose to Wrexham because. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, and I was thinking, wow, if we're going to lose to anyone, I wish it had been Wrexham because that yeah, would have been an amazing insane, story. Yeah. So how yeah. how what a strange we are. Have you seen they've got the, Have you seen they've got the Kings of Leon playing in their stadium this summer? Oh, oh God! Oh, have they? they really? Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, when you said slide in, I thought you were going to say slide in like Bulldog on uh, Perisic. 
It's funny you mentioned that. I got very angry about that, but then I thought, hang on a moment. We've got a we've got a we've got a young man who likes to put himself about and make sure that people know he's there. So yeah, I ended t- up on he reflection. He doesn't tend to go studs up on the shin, though, does he? No, that was a, that was a naughty challenge, I will say. But uh, that was a but uh, yeah, that was a naughty challenge. But, well, I think what this discussion has shown certainly. I, mean, I don't think we need to be shown, but it's always good to talk it through. I think it shows everyone that you know. When you want to point the finger of blame, <laughs> and people have been pointing the finger of blame a lot this week, it's like, well, it's that it's you know, it's the chairman's fault, it's the manager's fault. It's, just, it's very hard to apportion blame a hundred percent to any single factor in these situations. I think we've narrowed it down to a couple, and uh, those are factors that we don't have fuck any control. Em, fuck over them all! It's all of their faults. There you go. Um, but I think it's interesting. You can't, you know, the, the emotion of a game leaves you pointing the finger at the so-called obvious targets. But as you know, 24 hours later, it's clear that, you know, the problems are a little more uh, systemic, endemic. I don't know what the, the right phrase is. They're a little more rooted this season in Tottenham Hotspur than just this miserable week of um, non-football or football that we've had to suffer. Um, so shall I try and bridge us to the week that was and, uh, and hand you the, and hand you the week that was relay baton to I get, lead I get us the off. mic, do I? Okay. Yeah, you do. Go on. And, and he's sprinting towards the finish with. Well, Fabio Paratici, along with Juventus and the other directors have appealed their punishments for allegedly falsifying their capital gains through inflated player transfer values to the Italian National Olympic Committee known as CONI. The- I saw that as Connie. Connie? <laughs> as in Connie? Conning. As in Conning. Sorry. So I'll, I'll let it carry on. I'm backing off. Uh, no date has been given for the appeal. or well, I couldn't find one anyway when I was trying to research this. Um, uh, but it was reported at the time of these punishments when they were first dished out um, that Coney had the power to uphold or cancel Paratici's ban, but it can't alter it. Right, so. Yeah. So it's, yeah, shit or bust, really, isn't it? I'd just like to add, if there's one gentleman who is probably enjoying the Ferrari around Tottenham Hotspur this week, it is Fabio Paratici, because until you read that news item, uh, Milo, everyone had forgotten I, about his charges. I, I, <laughs> I don't think it got picked up in the English press. I, I saw it in the Italian press. So um, Unbelievable. But, Unbelievable. I mean, from our point, from a Spurs point of view, you know, it appears that we're not going to, you know, not going to be sacking him or, uh, you know, parting ways until this is concluded. And this is just going to kick it down. You know, further down the road, and it's, a, you know, it's another bizarre uh, sub yeah. subplot at the club. I mean, it and, really but, is. But more uncertainty that we don't need. You know, if we're looking for a manager in the summer, yeah, uh, you know, we don't potentially want to be looking for a new director of football at the same time as a new manager. We don't want to repeat the situation we had when Nuno was brought in, where you know one director of football starts the search for a manager, and then someone else comes in and replaces them, and you know, all the mix up there. If if we're going to have a new director of football, you'd want them in now so they can kind of get their feet under the desk and, and work out what's going on and then run the recruitment for the new manager in the summer. Exactly. Um, exactly. exactly. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're assuming, assuming that um, Conte will be gone in the summer, yeah. Is that what I think it's, I'd be amazed if he yeah. did, if he is. I well, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, look, but let, let's, let, let's yeah. carry on with the week that was and, 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 and a little bit more clowning, actually, uh, that sort of ended up uh, occurring, which is uh, Jeff Viteri, one of our scouts, has resigned after revealing transfer targets in an interview with Colombian TV. The Daily Mail, uh, admittedly not our favourite source of news, uh, however, one of many, and I presume just the one that we picked, and we'll quote them, uh, they reported that the club were understandably furious, saying, quote, this is the club. Viteri's conduct... Oh, no, sorry, this is actually the Daily Mail. It's the Mail, yeah. Uh, Well, anyway, 
Uh, Viteri's conduct was deemed to be unprofessional by the Tottenham board, giving he was openly discussing the inner workings of their recruitment department and a formal meeting was called to review his probationary period. He only joined the club in September, but before that process was finished, the 57-year-old resigned. Sources say he would have been told to leave anyway and his exit has been welcomed by many at Tottenham who were not happy when sporting director right now anyway, Fabio Paratici appointed him. I mean, if you put it all together, like this, the week that we've been talking about, whether the manager's here or whether the manager's not, when he's coming back, who's running the team, the fits, uh, you talk about, there's the sporting director around, and then we've got this Herbert running around telling the world about our transfer policy. What an absolute shit show. What the fuck was he thinking? Is it some keeper that he was talking about that we've been scouting over there, evidently? I think so. But what the fuck was he thinking about? I mean, what? just... I mean, he's fuckwittery of the and, highest order, isn't and it? It's not as if... Yeah, I think he's he's been like a scouter. I think Real Madrid, Newcastle. Yeah, quite a few places. Villa he it? was at, I think. Yeah, so, Charlton, I think. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, he's not, not new to this. No. I don't know, I maybe mean, just, maybe just yeah. you know, he met someone in a bar, they said, come on TV, he thought that would be a giggle. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything Madness. in Colombia? Is there anything in Colombia that can make you a bit chatty? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, exactly. Maybe the plonker, local, <laughs> the local hospitality Derek, got Derek to Trotter him. would say you plonker, Jeffrey. Oh, it's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, I it have is, to admit, just... I have to admit, and I haven't it's mentioned. Milo won't be right though. I mean, yeah, exactly. But you know, the marching, the marching powder of friendship. But I mean, I haven't mentioned hair much. But I, I remember when I first saw a picture of this guy, and I just thought, my word, he looks. Dodgy. He looked dodgy. He looked like an eighties LA rocker wearing I, a suit. I mean, so he looked so dodgy. I, I thought he looked like a bit like a Prince tribute act. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he looked a bit Prince. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it could be said that the Purple Rain era of Prince, he yeah. could flirt with rock and roll, mid eighties a little bit. Maybe David Guest dressing up as uh, Prince for a fancy yeah. dress party. Ooh. That's brilliant. That's really good and very disturbing. He does look a bit guestian. Oh, God. What a horrible well, I'm, I'm Very hoping, good. I like that. I mean, you said that the, the people at the club weren't happy with the appointment, so I'm hoping it wasn't a like, old oh, job for the boys, you know, with mm. Paratici, whether he's got some kind of friendship with him there already. But, you know. Which just makes you wonder about all the other friendships. Oh, my word. A player <laughs> and manager of the month. Player and manager of the month, because we could spend another pod wandering down around shit show alley. Um, Player and manager of the month. Emerson Royale has been nominated for Premier League uh, Player of the Month for February and uh, bloody right too. What a fine, uh, what a fine uh, thing that is. And I I don't know if it's been announced. uh, Get the vote out. Get the vote out. Vote for him. And in another display of bizarreness, Antonio Conte has been nominated for manager of the month. But as we all were saying, shouldn't that have been Christian Stellini? And this goes to the question we've been asking about who's running what, when and how. But anyway, uh, I'd rather that they kept that particular trophy away because nobody wants to win manager of the month. We all, well, I, I don't know. I. It's, Should we go to yeah. karting at the lane? Do you want to bring us through sure, karting? Up? The, yeah. Yeah, Why karting. don't you bring us Come through on. karting at the lane? So, so, go oh, karting at the lane. <laughs> and, yeah, just just kind of carrying on running with that. Just bizarre week, bizarre season. So on Monday, the club announced a new partnership with Formula One that will see an indoor electric karting track built under the South, south Stand. It'll be London's longest indoor track and is due to open in the autumn of this year. Um, and while we're on it, Daniel Levy is living it up in Bahrain this weekend for the Grand Prix. Um, could this be a jolly off the back of our new F1 karting partnership, or could he be looking for someone to buy Uncle Joe's share in the club? What do you think? Do you think it suggests we might be looking at new ownership soon, or is this just a rich man doing rich man things? 
I don't I think he's a rich man who does rich man things. I don't think he's that guy. I don't think he shows up for like, you know, Royal Ascot or any of these. I mean, he's not one of those guys. So I think that there's got to be a motive for it, a financial motive or a business motive. Daniel, Daniel doesn't do socials without there being a point. Yeah, so, especially in Bahrain. There's plenty of um, people out there that he might want yeah. to, you know, mix the, in the circles with, see what, you know, check what their what so bank balance the, they've got. The, the Sun reported that he met with um, Yam Najafi on Friday, who's um, oh, guy yeah. heading up the that US consortium who are meant yeah. to be interested in. But the, but the Sun also said that it's Everton that he's interested in buying, which I think, yeah, we talked about before. You know, you can buy Everton for pence compared to, you know, what we're, yeah. you know, and... Yeah, I don't know. Makes you wonder, though, what's next for the old um, stadium and the old surrounding area? Well, it, it, it does feel that the time... Monster trucks. Is ticking. We'll probably, be, <laughs> we'll probably be, like, launching satellites soon or something like that. We'll have, like, a rocket pad on the southern plaza there. We're good. What? Don't bother the hotel now. I've got a launch pad. I, <laughs> I remember yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember saying that it was the Swiss Army knife of, of stadiums, given that given its versatility versus its actual plot size. But goodness gracious, did anyone see a go kart? An I mean, Formula One go kart track? But they're talking about hosting events there as well, so there must be space for spectators. It must be yeah, huge this under is what there. I thought, yeah. I mean, obviously, the track's going to loop round on itself, so it doesn't need quite the same amount of space. But if you're building stands in there for people to watch it, it must be huge. And they must have built it with this in mind, because you're not going to build dead space like that. I suppose they might have thought about it as a conference space or something like that, or um, Is it not the area where the pitch slides into, though, part of it? It It can't be. It It can't be, because you couldn't move the track and everything out, you know, and it's it's going to be open all the time, isn't it? It's the... Yeah, true. Is it? Yeah, it's, this is not not a match day. Surely they're going to be open in the morning for a bit of karting, and then go I don't know, to watch the football. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, if you think if you think about it, if you think about it, yeah, as a, a football stadium, a bit of karting, a bit of you know. <laughs> but if you think about it, you know, as a football stadium, it's used thirty days of the year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it makes a huge amount of sense to have the other stuff there and to try and you know generate that income oh, and stuff. Yeah. And well, I mean, you know, he's always going to do that. Yeah, that's a given. Yeah, that's a but, given. Yeah. But what is yeah. next? What 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 would be what would be the the business that you think he would chase? Well, I mean, the hotel the hotel is obviously going to come in. Yeah. I think there's going to, and there's going to be a climbing wall on that, isn't there as well? Yeah, is there? Um, yeah, um, but I think with a little ho- bridge that goes across from the climbing wall, so as you can abseil off the back of the stadium and dodge yeah. going out to the cockerel. You see, you, you know what they'll you know with the hotel if you they'll be selling packages, won't they? So if you got yeah. Beyonce playing there you can get you know vip package where you're staying in the hotel you know you can you can go from the hotel to the stadium without having to leave you know they'll have a tunnel through or something like that won't they or a bridge across and you know you can go to a you know executive you know the box is there to have a meal and all the rest of it slap up meal and then go and see the concert and or you could you you could sign up for the beyonce package where you abseil on a bungee off the back see as Mm. well Mm. so you know you that, that's what they'll be doing. Then they'll be doing that for the football. They'll be doing that for the American football, you know, the rugby. This is our future, isn't it? Uh, 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 the, the, we're, we're, and this is actually, I think, what is at the centre point of aggravation over losses to, to Sheffield United in the Cup and so on is people, people are seeing it happening and, and people don't like it. But we are becoming, if we're not already, we are one of several interests that, that Tottenham Hotspur is going and, to be. The football and, and, club is going to be one element. It is not the only element. And I think that's what, what pe- is that's what's happening. Yeah, and I think what people 
frustrated about is that they haven't i mean we have spent a lot of money over the last couple of years but they, it feels like all this money's coming in and and when i think the criticism is that we're not seeing it spent on the squad um and people are kind of suspicious of that i think the club would probably say mitigation is that you know since they built the stadium you know we had covid afterwards and you know the losses that were you know we had as a result of that and we're playing catch up and we haven't seen the money coming in right. all the way through that's i'm sure that's what the club would respond you know saying about that um, yeah, but I, but I, yeah. I think my wider point was, by the by, we are turning into um, a model that is going to have several, several things. We're going to have, I mean, there's, you know, are we going to end yeah. up in 10 years' time sponsoring an F1 team? Are we going to, at some point, maybe there's going to be, if basketball takes off, will we have a basketball team? I mean, you just don't know, but you feel that those I, are the opportunities that, that, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see NBA linked with us next somewhere, somehow. Well, uh, my, my, so, I mean, uh, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I've never got any grievance with any way that, you know, we can increase our income streams. And I mean, the club have said that it all kind of goes towards, you know, mm. improving the football side of it. I agree with what you say, Steph, the wider things get. I mean, my biggest fear has always been, because it really looks like most of the time we were looking for American owners. And with the NFL tie-up, my be- only biggest fear ever was, would be that an American owner would buy us with an eye on being the first expansion team outside of the States as a London mm-hmm. team. Yep. And that really could then, because our football side is then not controlled by Levy and that kind of thing. It's by an American owner and they mm-hmm. might have more love for NFL than anything. And you could quite easily see two badges on the outside of that stadium for an NFL team and a Tottenham thing. And that would be the first, that would be the time where it really would feel like mm-hmm. we've divided our kind of, you know, mm-hmm. what was ours. Because basically it is, it's always been ours. It's been over 100 years ours. And that would be my ultimate fear, I think, where I would then have a really bad taste in my mouth about it, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's inevitable. I think that will yeah, happen. It could be, yeah. It could be. I think you're I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean I think your only hope is that the you know, that NFL franchise becomes the London Hotspurs or something and mm. um I mean this is and... the other thing. If if Levy still wanted to keep control of everything, I mean everyone seems to think you'll sell it and someone else will bring a franchise, but he might think, Well, why can't I have the franchise? Obviously you'll get other people to run it, you know, people that know about NFL and and you never know, that might make us a powerhouse who knows mm. you never know because i mean they're it, the two most moneyed leagues in the world so it, it's know, what's interesting it about all of it is it makes me realize that a lot of my support and love for the club is rooted in tradition and is rooted in what the club stands for and what the, what the club means and that is actually the biggest battleground right mm. now for 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 tottenham it's the biggest battleground that Levy uh, and that lot have to try and win uh, because that's what we're really fighting for. Um, because increasingly, I'm finding in weeks like this and when we've just gone through the week that was and we're having a chuckle about go-karting and God knows what and thinking about it, it's all very logical expansion, but it's still further away from what the club a football club maybe means and it's very important that identity remains and so we're back with but, you know what Pochettino was and 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 what he did and why you know that moment we're back to that and we won't go down there but you know it's a I think that's really the true heart of it we're fighting can, you know fighting for that soul if you will I don't want to be make it too dramatic but you know no, no, it feels no, like I that's agree. a very cool I can thing. I can I still think I still can't I counter that slightly by thinking and being well, grateful is probably the wrong word, that we remained where we are in N17. Very And he's true. done everything he can with the stadium. And he's used bricks out of the East Stand and he's crushed up the concrete from the old yes. stadium and done all those nice things. Because we could no, be, be out. So many we could be out by things. the M25, couldn't we, in some kind of nondescript kind of 
bowl of yeah. a stadium if you know or or the olympic stadium or whatever but um so he he still and he and he talks a good game in the sense of community wise doesn't he and trying yeah. to be a, a regenerator of that area and that kind of thing and i think so yeah but he is a businessman at the end of the day. i mean i do feel slightly sorry for him that he's in a massive commercial football world where the commercial football world's actually taken a different turn as well where you've got some absolute behemoth deep pocket clubs who are in it well, for anything uh, but commercialism really they're up they're in it for reputation and that kind of stuff just to tie it all up though in a week where we've gone out of the fa cup and you know we think back we you know when we we won it the most times and you know, being a cup team was something that you know we were a cup team, weren't we? That was something that you kind of identified with as a, as a Spurs fan. You, you you know you thought that you know, the FA Cup was our competition almost, and you know that gap has got further and further away. And you know, bar a few seasons, we haven't really competed for a long time. And unless it's competing for fourth place, and you know, you talk about that kind of identity, Steph, and that kind of distance. And I think this week a lot of our fans feel quite distant from the club. Because the club that they started supporting isn't there anymore. The competitions that we grew up watching aren't really there anymore. You know, finishing fourth or staying in the Premier League or getting promoted to the Premier League is more important than the world's oldest cup competition. And that's all a bit sad. But having said that, they were still the kind of they were still the paths we were going down when Pochettino was here, and we all had a yep. great time and loved it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it could just be a manager comes along and you know right. But po- well, I mean, okay, we'll go there for a minute. I mean, Poch was fighting for the title, fought for the title twice. I would say. I mean, let's. I, yeah. I think it's it's and and think, will again next season, Steph. Don't worry, glory days are here again. <laughs> I like that. You know what? Yeah. That's that's it. I, I mean, we can say that, look, uh, that very quickly, yeah, we, we have skipped this point, so I'll just slide it in. Uh, Jürgen Klinsmann has been appointed manager of South Korea, Sonny and Jürgen, um, you know, the, the son, Sonny and Cher, I don't know. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I can't say I've really thought that much about it. And uh, I don't know if you want to add a line to it or not, or if we should just wrap it up. I thought that I like, I, I wish we could have ended with what you just said. What did you say, Milo? Repeat it again. We glory days are happy bit. days are here yeah. again. Glory, he's coming glory back. Days. Yeah, glory, glory days, days are here. Days again. Are, he's and you said he's coming back. I mean, you know, look. Of course he is. I, I don't give I don't give a shit if he uh if he fails miserably within three years of coming. I want the hit, I want the warmth <laughs> and I want to feel it again. Yeah. Cut the Jürgen bit out. Jürgen's not important. <laughs> Honest. It's not important. Piece that bit together, Milo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and hang on, I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm, we're going to do this one more time because it's good. I'm going to say see you next week and, and just say that one more time, Milo. So thanks very much, chaps. That was a good one. See you next week and... Uh, glory, glory days are here again. Yes. Or will be once he comes back. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> yeah.